Do you enjoy looking at Christmas lights? We had a great experience last night. We've seen these lights before. Out in ball play. That's on the other side of somewhere. And uh, it's on the other side of Hoax Bluff. Between Hoax Bluff and Center on the old Center Highway, you go through Hoax Bluff and you go out to ball play. And there's an old farmer out there that began to make Christmas lights. And it is unique. I, it's, it's hard for me to describe, but we took uh, Tyler and Madeline and their new baby, Graham. He's a little over a year old, and Graham was in awe as he walked around. And this farmer had engineering skills that are really, it's, it's just interesting to see all the movement of all the things. Now, they got about a 30-foot alligator that'll move, and it's moving, and it's green. And they've got angels, and they've got Noah's Ark, and they've got, it's, you got to see it to believe it. So you just go up there, and you turn left by that big oak tree, and then you, but old Graham's eyes, he was just looking around. We had our granddaughter, Madeline, she was rolling him around. He was just looking at all these moving parts and everything. Now, they've got disclaimers everywhere, not responsible for injury. If you are electrocuted, don't call us. I mean, it's just everywhere. Christmas lights. This morning's sermon, the title is Three Hot Wheels for Christmas. I'll explain about the Hot Wheels in just a moment, but just if you don't know, you remember in about the 60s or 70s when I was a kid, if you were my age, they still got Hot Wheels, but when they came out, oh my goodness, I mean, every, every guy had to have some Hot Wheels, because some of y'all are grinning, because I can see you had some Hot Wheels. I've still got some that my cousins and nephews and nieces have played with, they're still at mom's and dad's in the closet in my old bedroom. I've still got some old Hot Wheels. I'll tell you the story in a minute. Can you use some genuine joy in your life? Can you use some genuine joy? Is it possible, and I was reading an article about joy, and it came up with this great adjective, is it possible to have a sacred delight and a holy gladness? Those are good descriptions of joy. Is it possible to have a sacred delight and a holy gladness in this uncertain and crazy world that we live in? And the answer is yes. The inner joy, the inner joy that comes from God and is, it is within your reach. Because Emmanuel, God is with us. It's found in a relationship with the God of Christmas, the Messiah, the Messiah himself. You and I, by the grace of God, get to know personally. And there's a joy that comes with that that the world does not understand. It is within our reach. Listen as I read the words of Mary, the mother of Jesus. She has been told by the angel Gabriel and the Holy Spirit has come and she is with child. And she goes to visit her kinswoman Elizabeth and she has John the Baptist, and in fact, the Bible says that he jumped with joy, filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And so she says these words. This is Mary. She doesn't use the word joy, but listen to the joy. So this is the voice of Mary in Luke, the first chapter, 46 through 55. She said, my soul, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy, holy is his name. His mercy 
extends to those who fear him from generation to generation to generation. Don't miss that line. His mercy extends to those who fear him, who are in awe of him from generation to generation. He's performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham. So she even explains back to Abraham, because you and I are children of faith, because Abraham came before Israel even existed. He believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. So even in this expression of joy, she goes back in the prophecies and says, Remember me and be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Now the statement that Mary opens with is the key to living in the joy of the Lord. My soul glorifies the Lord. If your soul glorifies the Lord, then that's every part of the being of who you are. Does your soul, do you live your life such that your entire soul would glorify God? And then she says, not only that, but my spirit, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. So she acknowledges Savior, salvation. We know that Gabriel announced to her, and his name will be called Jesus, for he will save, unless we need a Savior. He will save his people from their sins. So she says, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, and again, I, I can only imagine what was going on in that young, possibly teenager's mind. I'm carrying God's Son, the Messiah, who's also my Savior. That's hard for me to wrap around. But it is through glorifying God in our very soul and rejoicing in God our Savior and praising Him that there is a uniqueness of joy that can come. In Luke, the second chapter, the shepherds heard it this way. The angel said unto them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Y'all know I like Max Lucado, and he has a quote about joy. And this is his adjectives, and he can use them so well as anybody. He says there is a delicious gladness that comes from God. I never thought about that, but it is. There's a joy that it's hard for us to describe, but I like that. It is a delicious gladness within, a joy which consequences cannot quench, and his peace and his joy which circumstances cannot steal. The psalmist said in Psalm 16, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Which is another key to living in and staying in the joy of God is staying in God's presence. And because of Christmas and the reminder of Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us, we are allowed to be in the presence of God 24-7. As the psalmist said, you make me to know the path of my life. You will fill me with joy in your presence and with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Psalm 16, verse 11. A key question. What gives us true happiness and contentment in life? Well, let me share with you that there's a difference between being happy and having the joy of the Lord. 
So let's identify the differences between joy and happiness. For many folks today, being happy is fully dependent on whether life is all good or not. If someone asks you to rate your life from 1 to 10, if you're going to rate your life right now from 1 to 10, oftentimes that number is given based on the number of problems that are present. Happiness will slide up and down on the scale. That happens to us. Happiness slides up and down on the scale based on the perception of the negative issues or anything that's going on around us at the time. Problems arise, happiness goes south. Troubles begin to go away, the happy scale starts to climb. We've seen that in our own lives. Joy is different. This joy that comes from God in a relationship with Him. Joy, however, is not dependent upon circumstances. And in fact, in fact, ironically, and some of you have experienced this, ironically, it can become the strongest when trouble does come. That's why in the midst of whatever's going on sometimes a Christian, if troubles are going on, can have a, a sad time and a joyous time all at the same time. Because it's different than just being happy. It's not based on the circumstances. The psalmist reminds us of the reality of joy that comes when we rest just simply in the presence of God, regardless of what's going on around us. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Do you have the joy of the Lord this morning? Do you have the presence of God with you? I found these statements. I like them. They're four statements. It was in a devotional by Randy Frazee. And that's F-R-A-Z-E-E. -E. That's an interesting last name. I like Beck just fine. But these statements help clarify the deep difference between happiness and joy. Here they are. Number one, happiness is a state of mind while joy is a mindset. Number two, happiness comes and goes while joy is constant. Happiness is dependent. Happiness is dependent while joy is independent. The last one, the fourth one, happiness is conditional, while joy is unconditional. Let me share with you a story about those three hot wheels. I share with y'all, I lost a cousin a couple of weeks ago, 54 years old, died of a massive heart attack, and one of his older brothers, Bob, called me and said, hey, Harvey, you know, Bob, I mean, Tom's passed away, and would you, would you come and do the services? And of course, I said I would, and I told Bob, I said, share with me, just think about Tom as a boy, and if you think of some stories that I could tie in, because I always like to do that, and so I asked him, you know, bring me back some stories, and he said, I will. He said, in fact, I've already got one that I know of I want you to share, and this is it. And I shared it last Saturday, a week ago yesterday, at my cousin Tom's beard, his funeral. And it was about some Hot Wheels that he got when he was six years old. So this is Christmas time. And again, y'all know that Hot Wheels came out, and I've got them. Some of you may still have some of your Hot Wheels. But, but my cousin Tom got three of the most prized Hot Wheels that he wanted at Christmas. Bob told me that in the late 60s, this would have been around 1968 when, when he was about six years old, it was about the time that a lot of commercials came out on TV about the dangers of smoking and how that smoking could be dangerous to your health and so Y'all remember all those commercials began to come out. And Bob said, I, I don't remember if Tom saw a commercial or maybe he heard Mom talking about it. Maybe 
saw it in a magazine, but whatever he had on his mind that smoking wasn't good for you. And his dad, their dad, Uncle Raymond, smoked. And so Tom decided that he would go to his daddy and he asked him, Daddy, if you'll stop smoking, I'll give you two of my most favorite hobbies. Raymond was so moved by it that he put his cigarettes down and never smoked again. And yes, by the way, Tom got to keep the two hot wheels. I share that story with you. Obviously, it has deeper meaning because I knew Tom and I know you did. But just at sharing that story, there's a joy that comes in that human connection of love. That's it's hard to explain. But I, I believe that many of you, and I'm trusting all of you, you felt that. There, there, it, it's a joy within that God gives us. There's a human condition, but also this human condition that he showed up in. Just like us. A human being to understand and identify with us. That we could experience a joy. And we know that the Holy Spirit gives us a joy. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and meekness and gentleness and self-control. We know that the Spirit of God gives us these things. Some of you may be familiar with Psalm 51. The reason I want to quote from it is because as I was working on this sermon, I, I know there was a line in the Bible that said, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And I remembered that it was in Psalm 51. But interestingly enough, Psalm 51, and I recommend for you to know it. In fact, probably in our lifetime, we've probably written a Psalm 51 a time or two. It is a prayer of repentance. We just said the Lord's Prayer. We, every time we say it, Father, forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So it's a very part of, of what we receive from God is forgiveness. His name will be called Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So in Psalm 51, interestingly enough, joy is mentioned twice as David is pouring out his heart to God and asking for forgiveness. So listen to the words and then I'll talk about the joy statements. So this is Psalm 51. I'll begin in verse 7. Purge me with hyssop. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. What a visual. We had a snow just a few weeks ago. Audra and Blake, my, my daughter Audra and son-in-law Blake got their baby Favor out and they set him on a blanket and the snow's around him and he's got a picture of Favor. He's got a little hoodie on and he's looking up as the snowflakes are falling, watching that snow come down. Our 10-year-old Madeline, I told her after all the snow kept falling, I said, Madeline, remember this. Remember this snow because chances are you may never see this much snow before Christmas in your lifetime. It was beautiful. I've got pictures we took around the church for here. Some of you got out in it. You look. It is absolutely beautiful. And what a description for him to say, please, God, wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy. I don't know if I'd ever remember that line. Make me hear joy. God, let me hear that joy come from you, from your presence. Let me hear your joy and your gladness, that the bones that you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart. Please, God, create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. 
and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. You talk about some deep theology in the Old Testament that we get to read in the New Testament about the presence of God. Take not thy presence from me. Lord, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. So he, he felt that. He sensed that. And he wrote about it. And then the next line is what he asked God to do that I want you to hear. He said, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Do you have that? Do you have salvation? Maybe you're like me and I'm sad to tell you that I've read Psalms 51 and, and it wasn't David praying, it was Harvey praying. God, I, I know that my sin pushes you away and I, I don't want that, God. Please forgive me. We've all prayed that. I hope we have. Lord, restore that back to me. Restore to me that joy. And I say that because most of us here have experienced that. You know what that feels like when you ask God to forgive you, and he does. And you know it. You know that you know that you know that you're cleansed and you're forgiven and that your sins are as white as snow. And when you experience that from the Messiah, when you receive that, there is a joy. Ah. It's just healing. It's, and it's unexplainable. But that is the joy that comes from Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Joy has more to do with remaining in the presence of Jesus than with avoiding problems or struggles in our lives. Do you know or do you need God this morning to restore your joy? I got good news. Just be bold and just ask him, please, God, like David, restore to me the joy of your salvation. It's Christmas. Our God did come, Emmanuel. God is with us. He is our joy. He is my joy. Let's pray together. God Almighty, we love you and praise you. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to give us so many gifts. But, oh, oh God, what a gift. It is to have the joy of the Lord within. So help us this Christmas to renew the eternal, the eternal and the internal joy that is found in our relationship with you. I pray that you'll do that even in this day and this moment. We love you and we praise you. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. And all the people said, Amen. The altar is always open. If you have a need, you come. Let's stand together and we'll sing our closing hymn number, which is Go Tell It on the Mountain. 251. Let's stand together. 251. Go Tell It on the Mountain.